coming to you from the Jewel of the Pacific. We are hoping her. Thanks for joining us, everybody. This is Audrey. And this is Ashley. And we are here talking about the new year. 2020 is here. I cannot believe that. We are entering into our own version of the Roaring Twenties. I know. How wild is that? I know. I want to see what happens this next year. I know. It just feels like 20 is something special. It really does. It really does. And and to see how much we're going to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what actually we're going to be talking about today, relationships and growing, because that's what we really want for you guys. Normally, you know, we set up goals at the mm-hmm. end of the year, goals yeah. and expectations for the following year, but typically they're personal, right? Right. You know, I'll join a gym and get healthy. I'm going to read more. I'm going to save more. Mm-hmm. But since this is the Hope and Her show, and we're all about making marriages stronger, we want to talk about setting goals and expectations with our spouses. Exactly. And really just dive into how important it is at the end of the year to be intentional about setting aside some time with your spouse to create these goals and outline each other's expectations for one another together. Right. I mean, in all seriousness, what do you want your marriages to look like in 2020? Mm-hmm. We want you to think about that. Is it a sex life? You know, one that is possible, you know, for our community mm-hmm. or one that's more loving and intimate. Maybe you want a better friendship with one another, more respect and kindness. Perhaps your 2020 is the both of you connecting more to God together. Exactly. Right. I mean, do you have a plan for your marriage? Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's something people don't think about. Having a plan for me. Yeah. I know. that I was about to say, like, it's so much more common to not have a plan for your marriage. It really is. And until we started prepping for this show and really diving into some deep studying, it was like, wow, this is something that's important that I think all women probably should implement with their spouses is having a plan. Right. Because when you don't have a plan, Mm -hmm. you tend to be at the mercy of chance. So true. Yeah, and we don't want that for you guys. We don't. We want to help draw you closer to one another. Yeah, and we want you all to be able to hold each other accountable within your marriage because your partner should know what your personal goals are. You should know your partner's personal goals, and you should be able to hold one another accountable. And so we want to help you start that conversation. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. And and the, to start your goals together, mm-hmm. right? making it more about the two of you. So do you have any goals for your marriage this year, Ashley? I do. Well, of course, we want to get our summer bodies ready, and it's the winter, so mm. now is the time. <laughs> Kyle and I are really trying to work on our physical fitness this year. Yes. Definitely trying to work on our relationship with God this year and just really trying to push each other closer to God. Yeah. And then come together closer just as husband and wife. And we just feel like, you know, when we put God at the center of our relationship where he belongs, putting him at the head, we really feel like we treat each other better. You and we love more. each other better. Yes. And we feel like that's just the order that things should be. God should be first. And he's the one who brought us together in the first place. I mean, Kyle is from the East Coast. I'm from the West Coast. And we just so happen to meet together in the middle. We love that we have this opportunity at the beginning of the year to set goals with one another. And so we're excited. We're excited going to 2020. Yeah, us too. And, you know, we have very, very similar goals. Actually, the same goals because we want to put God, you know, back into the center of our marriage, mm-hmm. you know, ahead of absolutely everything. Yes. And not just in words, but 
an action. So it's not about getting rich. It's not about the house that we live in, which I've been obsessed over this year, as you know. Mm-hmm. I'm always on Redfin. So it's not about that. And it's not about vanity. It's about seeking him through his word. So to get that, you know, you have to have some, some measurability here. Like, how are we so going to, how are we going to attain this? So, you know, for us, we're going to start doing weekly Bible studies together. We're not going to skip Sunday services anymore. And we're going to make prayer a priority. Hmm. And just like you and Kyle, we want to make fitness more of a priority as well. And that's hmm. tough. Oh, fitness is tough. I mean, Especially when you work. Yeah. And you have young children and you feel like you probably get all your fitness activities and goals all the way running around chasing them. But Mm -hmm. taking some time to do some physical fitness activities that would really help you get in shape. It also helps with mental clarity and just overall. Yeah. Improves your overall, you know, capabilities of happiness. It does. And we wanted to start, you know, kind of small. You know, we have the, the small boys with us. So... We're going to start taking more walks Mm. during the evening. You know, after work, take a walk in the evening with the boys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's easy enough, right? That's nice. Yeah. We're spending time together, too. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And we're also going to try to play more tennis Mm. this year. Just let the boys play in the court with us. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. And that and we're going to pencil in some date nights. Yes. I love date nights. Me, too. We're actually going to put them on the calendar, nice. right? Set it in stone. The dates are planned in advance, and that way there's no guessing over, you know, what we're going to do or when we're going to do it. It is there. It's happening. And even if life hits us, mm-hmm. all right, you can be flexible. We can yeah. be flexible with that. That's yeah. fine. But, you know, that was, you know, one of the tips that we had for you guys is for you to be able to plan date nights this year as well. Yeah. Make that happen again. Yeah. And I don't know. I think for Kyle and I, I think one of the biggest hindrances for date nights has been leaving the kids with someone because we were like especially Mm -hmm. new to this area. Been in San Diego for about a year now, so we've luckily met people and have been able to set up that babysitting exchange, which I've talked about on previous shows. But I just find it so important that even if you can't go outside of the house to have a date night, to make it a priority to have a date night inside the house because maybe you're in a similar situation where you live away from family, you live away from close friends, and you're new to the area, and you haven't been able to find someone who you can trust with your children in the evening time. Well, don't let that be a hindrance. Really just say, okay, once we put the kids to bed, we're going to... Yes. Yes, we're going to play a game. We're going to play a board game, and we're going to have fun. We're going to play a card game. You know, if you have a Wii, or we were talking about that, Wii's or Nintendo Switches, how that would be a combination of fun, physical activity, and you can use that as your date night idea. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. I love having the date nights at home. You know, we are both military wives, Mm -hmm. so... We absolutely understand, yeah. you know, how yeah. hard it is to actually get away, especially once you have children. Mm-hmm. For us, a date night is a board game. Like Ashley just said, yeah. uh, I like to light candles, too. Mm-hmm. I like to set the mood and maybe have a little bit of wine. Yeah. Just a glass or I'll end up taking a nap. And that's not <laughs> fun, but or not fun for him. <laughs> for me, it is. But not for him. Not for us. Yeah. A date night home can be really good. It's just, you know, what you put into it and how intentional you are about it. Yeah. And even if you don't have kids, but you're just thinking like, 
Um, we don't have kids yet, but we want to be frugal because we have right. financial goals going into 2020. So date Student nights are going to cost too much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's okay. Um, these practical in-home date nights can be used because you are being frugal as well. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you are being frugal, I mean, you could do some free stuff, right? Like true. Maybe like a free concert in your area. Exactly. Free concerts, walk in the waterfront if you have some water in your location. We're in beautiful San Diego, so yeah. we have that pleasure to be by a few different beaches, maybe walk in the nice. beach or, you know, if you're just in places that have trails or, you know, hiking or different things, those are all free activities and they're physical activities as well. Exactly. Or, you know, Something that could cost maybe ten bucks or something, a coffee shop and they've got somebody mm. up there, they're they're playing the guitar, there's an open mic night going on. Yeah. You don't have to spend a lot of money to do that. Mm-hmm. We've done that before and it's it's actually a ton of fun. Yeah, it is. So if you have a budget, date nights can be within that budget. Absolutely. For sure. It can be in any budget at all. So Anyways, whenever you guys decide to sit down and you're going to write some goals for your marriage for 2020, mm-hmm. I want you to keep in mind something. You have to agree mm-hmm. what the goal is. Exactly. I mean, how's that going to work if you're... Yeah, if it's one-sided, it won't work. Right. New year, new marriage. <laughs> uh, no, no. Seriously, though, it's good to both be in agreement, mm-hmm. right? And to be specific. Yeah. Not like you have this very vague goal. Be specific and start small. Yeah. Don't intimidate yourself. Don't overwhelm yourself. Yeah. And that's super important is not to think of a goal so big that you two become overwhelmed and then you feel that sense of burnout before you even had the chance to get any real momentum going. So like Audrey said, make it small, but make it fun. Make it measurable. You know, something that you both feel comfortable like, oh, we can definitely achieve this. And, you know, write it down. Right. Yeah. Make sure that you write down what these goals are. And something else I want to throw in there is write down why you want to accomplish these goals together. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's going to be so helpful. And those days that you both feel like, I don't really want to today, or do we have to work on this today? Or do we got to sit down and listen to a Bible study? Pull out that why and sit down and talk to your partner and say, in the beginning of the year, we made a commitment to one another that we were going to see this through and that we were going to do these weekly Bible studies, that we're going to do these nightly walks. And it's because we want to be in better physical fitness to play with our kids more without getting so tired. Or we want to be in better physical fitness for that moment when we can engage in sex. And we want it to be even that more wonderful because we both are in such great shape. Or even if you're just like, you know, hey, we wanted to do these Bible studies because we said that we were tired of our relationship with God being kind of in that stagnant place. And we wanted to see exponential growth. Whatever your why is, write it down so that on those discouraging days, you can reference it. Right. And you got to keep in mind that this is a habit. These are yeah. all like habits that you're forming. And we say this all the time. Habits may not feel natural at first. Mm-mm. You know, when you're working to form that habit, it may not feel natural. But over time, it does. That's so true. Yeah. It becomes your automatic response. Yeah. It's just initially. It's I just think it's just do. that yeah. start off, you know. That's probably why a lot of New Year's resolutions fail within, Mm -hmm. what, like the first two weeks? We hear that so often. Like, what they say? Everybody crowds the gym the first 15 days of January, January 16th. It's a ghost town. I know. That's me. Yeah. I was that person, too. Yeah. The gym memberships that you don't use. Yeah. That was me as well. Oh, Ah. gosh. What was it? Was it Planet 
fitness. Yeah, I'm sorry, you guys. 24-hour fitness for me. Yeah. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Just in transparency, Audrey and I are both saying we have been there. Right. But we're looking forward to 2020, and we're looking forward to implementing these habits with our spouses as well and going forth and doing it. Exactly. And looking back at 2020 and being proud of ourselves and not disappointed and not like, oh, I could have accomplished so much more if I would have just stuck to what I said at the beginning of the year. That's why we're like, it's so important to write down why you're doing this, to reference it, to make sure that you and your spouse are on the same page. You're both involved in the process because we don't want you to look back and be like, if I just would have stuck to what I said at the beginning of the year, I'd be so much further now. How many times have you right. said that before? You know, I've said that before. I would be in a whole new place. I would be a different person. Like if I would have just stuck to this, if I would have just read the Bible, if I just would have ran, you know, if I wouldn't have stopped. Because, I mean, I think that's a common thing, even with me with running. It's like run, you know, a couple miles a day, getting it in, start feeling really good, take one day off. Oh, it's always the one uh, day off. And then you you swear to yourself you're going to get back on it tomorrow. And it's just one day and you're like, oh, it's just not that big of a deal. It's just one day. And then it becomes two. Why and then it is that? Be, I don't know. It just adds up. And the same, honestly, the absolute same goes for prayer. Right. Same goes for prayer. You're like, oh, I'm praying consistently. And that one one day you wake up a little bit late and you're like, I don't have time to pray. I, I got to get the kids. I got to get this. I got to do this. And, oh, I got to pack my lunch. And then all of a sudden you, like, wake up and you're like, I haven't prayed for nine days, you know? Oh, I know. I mean, yeah. that's, that's how it goes. You just kind of, you, you teach yourself to quit. Yeah. That's that's what it is. You're forming a habit to quit. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's go into a few ideas for you, though. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's give you some, some tips. You know, maybe you don't know where to start. All right. So while some may take some more effort, again, keep in mind that you are starting a new habit. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's just what you're doing here. All right. So here's a tip. Become more intimate. Mm. Yes. Now, like I've always said before, intimacy happens outside of the bedroom. And what happens outside of the bedroom affects the inside of the bedroom. Oh, say that. Mm. Preach so it. I know. So Can true. I get an amen in here? Amen. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about like full on romance. All right. Mm-hmm. Like your ballroom dancing and sprinkling rose petals all over the floor. Which, you know, to me is a little cheesy. <laughs> not the ballroom dancing. My husband is actually taking me ballroom dancing. That's going to be so fun. That is going to be awesome. You're going to have to give us a recap after the yes. holidays. That is our anniversary this year. He's taking me ballroom dancing, and it is going to be phenomenal. I've always wanted to do it. But anyways, that's not what we're talking about here. We don't want to overwhelm you. No, it's just becoming more more, more intimate. That's with good conversation. Mm-hmm. It's thinking about the other person before yourself, mm-hmm. right? Listening to them to listen and not to respond. Oh, that's a good one. Listening to listen, not just for the response that you're going to give them, all right? Being their biggest cheerleader. Engaging with them, validating them. Yeah, those are all so important. And what I really love about that one about listening, mm-hmm. nothing makes me personally feel more valued than when my husband is giving me his undivided attention. Yeah. Like he's not watching TV. He's not doing like anything else. We are facing each other. We're having a conversation. And I like take like that gives me so much like joy and feeling of fulfillment right. because I'm like, wow, he's really listening or engaged with me right now. I feel seen. And, yes, I feel seen. I feel heard. I feel validated, you know. And so that's something I've had to share with him because there's been times where like he might be watching a game 
and maybe I started the conversation right before the game started. So I mean, yeah, it's a toss up right there. But <laughs> or we were not right now, in the middle. Actually, of, <laughs> I know we were right in the middle of the conversations. The games coming on. I could hear like the little game music coming. I'm like, up oh, here we go. But just telling him that, like letting him know that. Like, you make me feel so important when you just give me your undivided attention like that. And you're, like, facing me and looking at me. And, I mean, does, how does that make you all feel? Right. You know? Do you exactly. feel valued and loved when your spouse does that to you? Have you let him know or have you let her know? You know, for the fellas that may be listening, hey, fellas. We're talking to you. <laughs> I know. Put that phone down. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, so, at the end of the show. Yeah. The then, you put the show. The show. then you put the phone down. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I get that, though, because that's how it was whenever you were dating. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's what made, I think, dating so exciting were those mm-hmm. con- conversations where you're getting to know one another on a whole other level. So true. Yeah, so try that again. All right, so our next tip goes nicely along with the last one. Mm-hmm. All right, 20 minutes. For 20 minutes after you get home in the evening, the first thing you do is to sit down and talk to each other. Mm. Right. You spend that first 20 minutes together catching up. All right. Make it a habit to actively listen to them again, just as you did when you were dating and be nice. All right. No snide comments. No, let me fix you. Let me fix this situation. Just enjoy that time together. Right. Right. It's so important that you all take account how powerful a simple conversation can be. Right. Especially for a woman. I know it can totally shift how your entire day is going if you're having like a terrible day, you know, or things are going wrong here and work's been hard or whatever it is. And you get home and your spouse is like, let's just talk. Like, tell me about your day. And they like genuinely want to hear about your day. Not saying that so they can get something later on. Yeah. Don't be manipulative. (laughs) We can, we can sense that a mile away. Anyway. Yeah. Are you being manipulative? Stop it. Stop it. We can tell what you want. No, no, don't do that. (laughs) All right. So the next one, this is fun. I love this. Mm. Learn each other's love languages. Mm. And we have talked about love languages before on the show. And I know you all have heard us say how important it is to know what your spouse's love language is, because in a way that they may show love, that may not be a way that you recognize. Like maybe them showing love is consistently giving gifts or something and you don't really pick that up because your way of showing love is quality time and exactly. or, you know vice versa or his way of showing love is physical touch but your way of showing love is words of affirmation right you know, it seems like everybody like every single couple mm-hmm. their love languages are different yeah so right? true and like okay for me i am a words of affirmation person mm-hmm. My husband is an acts of service. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we show love through our own language. Mm-hmm. So for him, that's doing some kind of act of service. Like he's taking my car to get an oil change. Mm-hmm. All right. And for me, I'm telling him, did you know you're really handsome? Like, oh. I think you're like the hottest guy ever. I, yeah. The love languages are not the same. And it seemed like, you know, when, when we like learned each other's love languages, mm-hmm. changed everything. Mm-hmm. That was a game changer. Yeah, and same goes for Kyle and I. Our love languages are not the same. His is physical touch, and mine is quality time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm huge on quality time and spending time together, and he is huge on, like, holding hands, hugging, cuddling, snuggling, anything like that. And I've had to learn how to, like, be okay with that, like, that that's his thing. Because at first I was like, Okay, it's hot in here, and now I'm starting to sweat, and uh, now you're hugging somebody who smells like B.O. But now you know that, like, <laughs> at least now you know, oh, 
He loves he me. He loves that. Yeah, he yes. loves, and he loves that. Like he loves uh, not the bo, but he loves <laughs> <laughs> he loves hugging and like just like cuddling up with one another. And like for me, coming from my family, my background, that wasn't a big thing. Yeah, and so I had to learn how to just be like, you know, cool. It's cool. You know, that's his thing. I'm going to show him love how he best receives it. That's transformational. Yeah. It is so transformational. So I have another tip. But this is kind of like a fun game. Okay. I think learning the love languages is fun. I think that was a fun, like, quiz to take. Yeah, me too. Sitting side by side. Ooh, where'd you get? Mm -hmm. But the next one, the bead method. Ooh. Ah, Tell us about the bead method, Aj. Love to. All right, so let's say that your biggest goal this mm-hmm. year is to overcome vaginismus. Oh, yeah. And you do that, mm-hmm. right? But then you end up struggling to find the desire again. That mm-hmm. is so normal. All right, if that is you right now, you're not the only one. So true. Not by a long shot because this has been a very mechanical act for you. Mm-hmm. All right, put this here, put this there. Bing, bang, boom. Okay, yes. that's not a lot of fun, right? So that's normal. You've just been through a whole lot. So here's an idea for couples in this scenario. Mm-hmm. All right, try the bead method by Carolyn Evans. Okay, so this is kind of similar to scheduling sex, kind of, in a way. All right, so while sex is an opportunity for bonding and getting closer together, this is a very stressful area for couples, right, Ashley? Right. Yes, this is a huge area for tension. You know, a lot of times men want sex to feel close, Mm -hmm. but then again, his wife needs to feel close to want to have sex. Uh, Yeah. That is so common. Yeah, it is so, so common. So what happens? He's denied and she's unhappy. Yeah. All right. So here's a common problem with a lot of couples. Mm -hmm. He pokes her on the shoulder in the middle of the night or as she's ready to pass out in bed. She's caught off guard and she's exhausted, mm-hmm. you know, she's been working all day. Maybe she went running uh-huh. right for bed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, she's just caught off guard and maybe she's like me and it's struggling with, I don't feel sexy right now. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, he doesn't care about that. Ah, that's right. not what we're talking about, though. <laughs> Here comes the game. All right. One spouse puts a bead in the bowl and there's 24 hours to make love. Now, this is great for partners who aren't as sexual because it gives them time to prepare mentally. Mm -hmm. And if you're like me, again, to prepare physically. But we don't go there. (laughs) So, now what Carolyn Evans discovered is that the guys who participated became even more intimate throughout the day. Mm -hmm. All right. They were paying more attention to their wives. Yep. More attentive. Mm -hmm. They were sweeter. Mm -hmm. They were trying to put her in the mood. All right. And so, for a stereotypical woman – she was getting that closeness yeah. that she was desiring. Yep. She was getting what she yearned fulfilled as well. Exactly. So the bead method, try it out. We'll put a link to it. Yeah, down below in the show notes. Yes. So it's it's really great. You'll get this book mm-hmm. and a little bowl. Yep. And these really cute little beads. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's it's really cute. And the book, you could probably read it in what? We've read it here. What, a day? Yeah. I'd say about a day. Yeah. It's It's quick. Short and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, do you want to move on to the question of the day? Yes. Let's go ahead and move on to the question of the day. And you all know how we love getting questions from our Instagram audience. So just a quick plug. If you haven't already, you can always send us a question to at Team Hope and Her on Instagram. And also you can email us help at hopeandher.com so that we can 
you know, answer any questions that you may have. Even if you don't want it on air, if you just want to ask us a question and you want it to be between us, that's fine as well. We just love engaging with you all. And we feel like when you send us information or questions in or concerns you may have, it really gives us the opportunity to just be engaged and give back to our community because you guys are our community and we love you guys. And so thank you so much for taking the time to send us questions. Right. They're really in the heart of everything that we do around here. So true. All right. So now for today's question, it says, hey, ladies, I found out I have vaginismus on my wedding night two years ago. I just found your website and all the great information you provide and got so excited. I have tried other things to treat vaginismus in the past, including Botox, but that seemed like nothing more than a temporary fix. Mm. Anywho, me and my husband haven't been getting along lately, and it's been deterring me from working with the dilators. His selfish behavior bothers me to the point of not even wanting to use the dilators. I know my progress or lack thereof shouldn't be tied to him, but I don't know what to do. I need your advice. Well, first of all, thank you so much for your transparency and sending us that question in. We love transparency here. Yes, we We do. value it. We try to be transparent ourselves. And Aj, I'm going to let you take it away. All right. We are happy that you found our site, by the way, because we genuinely care about our community. Like Ashley mm-hmm. just said, you guys are in the heart of everything that we do around here. So thank you. I'm not sure what your husband is doing, but let's say that he's just being a moody jerk. All right, because he stressed over the sexlessness. All right, so you don't need me to say that this is hard on men too. All right, you know that because this is the life that you're living right now. But have you talked about it? And have you asked him what this is doing to him emotionally? Because like we were just talking about with the bead method a minute ago, a lot of men use sex as a way to get close to their wives. Mm. Right, but that's different for a lot of women. Okay, we're just wired that way usually. I don't care what anybody says. Men and women are typically wired very differently. So true. Yeah. So you have the dilators though, right? My biggest question is this. Are you being consistent with your exercises? Or are you putting them off and perhaps he's seeing you put off the exercises? Mm. Maybe he thinks that you're not as invested in this. Mm. So if that's it, that could explain his attitude. All right. We know that these exercises aren't exciting. They're not fun. That's why we always say to mismatch those experiences. Mismatch the bad experiences with good ones. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, make it a fun 10 to 15 minutes for yourself at the end of the day. You know, maybe first begin with a bubble bath. There's candles. There's music. Make this an enjoyable experience for yourself. All right. So you might find yourself avoiding the exercises. Right yeah. Now. So again, try to mismatch those experiences. Yeah. And I and I really like what you said about, or actually, I really like what she said in the question about how she already knows that what he's doing should not impact her to the point of not using the dilators at right. all. And so she already kind of has had that realization, but she's still kind of stuck in this trap of he's being mean. I'm doing these exercises because of him, you know, because I want I want us to be able to have sex. And I know it's important to him, but, you know, he's being rude to me or whatever the situation or circumstance may be. But we want you to want it for yourself more than you necessarily want it for your partner. We want you to want that wholeness for you. And 
So we just want to encourage you to work through that, you know, like work through that emotional, I don't even want to call it a barrier, but it can be. I want you to work through that emotional barrier. And I want you to say, you know what, despite of how my spouse may be be acting today, I know I need to do these exercises for me for my wholeness, for me to overcome this condition. And so I just want to encourage you just to dive deep and say, you know, it's not always about how my spouse is acting, but it's how I respond to it. And I don't want my response to be, I'm just not going to use the dilators today because of how he's acting. I want my response to be, I'm going to use them either way, because this is about me overcoming vaginismus and my journey. And, you know, it's about the both of you, but I just want you to take ownership over your journey. Right. And so echoing what Ashley said, I want you to ask yourself something. If you are purposely avoiding the exercises Mm -hmm. because he's being a moody jerk right now, ask yourself if this is helping or hurting your marriage too. Mm -hmm. All right. Is that going to foster closeness and happiness and trust with one another? Mm -hmm. All right. So once you reflect on that, I think you're going to have your answer. Yeah. And I think that you already do have your answer. Like Ashley said, you you already um, noted that in your email to us. Yeah. All right. So we also recommend marriage coaching. All right. Yeah. Notice I didn't say counseling, but marriage coaching, because that's where you're given these tools to do the healthy things mm-hmm. that you may not necessarily want to do. All right. It's where you form all new habits together. So important. Right. All right. So that is it for the day. Yeah. Thank you all for taking the time to listen. And we hope that we gave you all some valuable advice. And let's just go into 2020 knowing that this is going to be your year. And I want you to claim it and say, this is my year. I'm going to have a fantastic year this year. I'm writing out my goals. I'm not going to start and stop, but I'm really going to push myself. And me and my spouse are going to push ourselves together so that we can accomplish a common goal between us that so that our marriage can be better. 2021, we want to look back at our 2020 selves and say, thank you. Thank you for putting in the hard work because now our love has grown even more and people are taking notice. People can tell kind of like, you know, your relationship. They're like, wow, they look so happy. They look so ecstatic to be with one another. What are you guys doing different? And you say, hey. We wrote down some goals at the beginning of 2020, and we stuck to them. And now look at us. Right. Yeah. So thank you all for listening. Thank you. See you later, 2019. See you later. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs>